This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Some of the things that I loved particularly about my Delta airline experience was first, the amazing customer service. Everyone there was so kind, so welcoming, so present, so attentive. And a small thing, but was big to me, was just something simple as having headphones so that I can enjoy more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. I mean, my flight wasn't that long, but I got to catch up on a movie, some shows, just things I don't have time to do usually at home. I was able to enjoy that in the air. Delta also offers fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi, and it's available for SkyMiles members. Being able to access the Wi-Fi, I was able to order some groceries and just get a head start on my week. It was a great end to my experience and ushered me right back in to be at home. So even if you're not home yet, Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude I wanted to eat everything, and I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and welcome to another installment of our Supernatural Life series. I'm really excited because this time we're talking about home ownership. And I'm not going to spend too much time with the intro. I'm just going to let it play. But before we get into this interview, I want you guys to remember the final stop, y'all. The final one. The last one of the God is my CEO tour is this Sunday in Washington, D.C. in my hometown. I'm super excited. I got some surprises lined up, some stuff. I'm sorry, y'all, if y'all came to the other stops. Those were amazing, too. But I got to do it big for the grand finale and for my hometown. So if you guys have not been to any stop of the tour, I highly suggest that you get your tickets. This is like the biggest crowd that we've had yet. And I'm just super duper excited. Go to GodIsMySeoTour.com to get your ticket. Tell your mama, sister, cousin, friend, your baby daddies, cousins, uncles, whoever. Okay. Tell everybody and get your tickets. This is uh, the stop that you just do not want to miss. I'm super duper excited. We have a special guest in this city, someone who is very near and dear to my heart, who I trust to pour into me and to help me grow so that I can be who God needs me to be for you guys. So I'm sharing her with y'all on this tour and I'm just hype. Super duper excited. God is my CEO tour dot com. All right, let's get into today's episode. Work hard for what you want in life. You work hard for what you want in life. That, that, that your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say. You what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat, 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 treat people with respect. Reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard. The strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This is another installment of our Supernatural Life series. I'm really excited about today's episode because this topic of 
home buying as an entrepreneur is one that I'm really interested in because it's one of my plans within like not too short term, maybe like three years for me to start buying um, properties. So me and BJ are like super into real estate and buying investment properties and things like that. And I'm just a firm believer in just putting yourself in a position for the things that you want early. So you're not like fighting an uphill battle or unnecessary mountains when it's time to do it. And, you know, a lot of times we try to blame stuff on the enemy. Oh, the enemy doesn't want me to buy a home. No, you were irresponsible in preparing to buy a home. So I think that this conversation is like so important. And Kiana, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for agreeing to come on today. You are more than welcome. And I am super excited to be able to share. Yes. So you guys get to know Kiana a little bit. Amongst many things, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's an entrepreneur, she's a powerful woman of God. And she's the person that my husband and I went to when we were in the process of buying our home. So even though we didn't get the house that we were looking for, Kiana was just a wealth of information and knowledge about this particular topic. And I thought she would be perfect to come on and talk to you guys about this because we definitely going right back to her when God says it's time for us to start looking again. So I'm like hype. Okay. So Kiana, you ready? I'm more than ready. Let's go. (laughs) So full disclosure, you guys, we recorded this, this already and it was just a whole mess. Like the, the software just doesn't want us to be great. So this is take two. (laughs) <laughs> and um, but the benefit though of like having the technical difficulties is we're able to kind of go back and cover some some things. We're able to position the conversation a little better. So no worries, you're still gonna get all the information that we talked about before. But where I want to start is when we were recording the first time, I, I saw like a theme. We talked about like what entrepreneurs needed to buy homes like that, and it seemed like it was just this three step process to buying a home. I'm a systems person. So this is kind of how my mind works. And it seems like the first step was positioning. Well, not positioning. The first step was preparation. So preparing your finances and things to get a home. The second step was positioning. So after you prepared your finances, then you position yourself to be able to purchase the particular home that you want. And then after that is when you start the pre-approval process. So I want to start with step one when it comes to preparation what do entrepreneurs need to be prepared to buy a home? The very first thing that you are going to need is changing your mindset and understanding that you have to be able to save, save, save. So it's important that you have that six months worth of financial cushion that is going to be set aside because it really does show the banks that you are trustworthy enough to be able to give you what it is that you're looking for. Um, the next thing would be really getting you a wealth team. And so who that consists of is going to be your accountant, financial planner, lender, realtor. And the third thing that is really, really, really important for individuals, especially self-employed, is making sure that you get your credit together. Most of the product profiles that are out here. So for example, you have your FHA, your VA, your conventional loans. Those credit scores are not going to apply to a entrepreneur. They look at entrepreneurship a little harder. So you're going to want to make sure that you have a credit score of at least a 680. That kind of takes a lot of the red tape off, but it also gives you the ability to tap into some additional funding that and other um, programs that are available for entrepreneurs. Got it. Okay. So we got the savings, the credit score. How much savings do we need? I would say at least six months. The minimum is going to be six months. And that's not going to be the funds that you are going to use for your down payment. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. So then when we're doing this home buying process as entrepreneurs, what is that? How do we get ready for the paperwork? Like, what does it need to look like? What does our business finances need to look like? Are they looking at the business? Are they looking at us as individuals? Like, how does this even work well, as far as paperwork is concerned? Yeah, well, they're definitely going to look at both. Um, They're going to look at you as an individual, and then they're going to look at the strength of your business. Because what you're saying is, I don't need a job. My business is taking care of 
me purchasing this home from you. And so they want to be able to see that, you know, you can control your debt to income, that you're not just out here spending all of the money that you make and saying, okay, I'm going to get this credit card. I'm going to get that. I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to do all of this. No, they want to make sure that you are in control of your debt to income ratio. Um, They also want to see, you know, is your business going to be legitimate? Are you going to have all of your certifications together? Are you going to make sure that if you're a sole proprietor, LLC, incorporated, whatever, that you have all of those documents together? And when you are filing your taxes, you want to make sure that you are not just writing off everything because you want to be able to get money back from Uncle Sam or you want to avoid having to pay the taxes on the money that you've made. So that's going to be very important. Do not write off everything and expect for you to be able to purchase a home. When you said you made a hundred thousand, but you wrote off $50,000 worth of deductions. Now you only have $50,000 worth of income. That makes a lot of sense. And and that's a a really good point because a lot of people teach us. I know when I first got into entrepreneurship, everybody was like, write that off, write that off, write that off. And then even like um, when I got with BJ, because he's an accountant, he'll be like, but why are you writing off the lunch that you had with your mother? Like, that's not a business expense. Y'all didn't even talk about business. That's so, it like, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm writing this off. I'm going to write all this off. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't realize just how that just sets you up. One is unethical. Mm-hmm. And I, it's because you're, you're writing off things as business expenses that were not business expenses. And just as Christians in general, we need to be operating with ethics within our businesses. Absolutely. Or as people in general, not just Christians, but even people of faith like don't be out here trying to finesse the system Mm -hmm. but um I did I never thought about that as far as the home buying process is concerned how that will actually hinder what you're able to qualify for absolutely and because as an entrepreneur we're also going to pull two years worth of taxes so if you are writing off a lot in so we're in what 20 you'll be able to file 2019 next year. So if we're looking at your taxes from two years and you're 2017, you wrote off pretty much everything. But then here you are in 2018, but you're saying, okay, well, I'm only going to write off a little bit. They're looking at your habits. So Mm -hmm. you can't technically say, well, I made all of this this year, but you only made 5,000 in 2017, but you're telling me you made 100,000 this year. Pay attention Mm -hmm. to your habits because they ask for two years for a reason. Yes, they understand that things will come up. And I was sharing with you even before that, you know, even if you have to be able to purchase a vehicle for your business, we understand that those are going to be one time occurrences and they give Mm -hmm. you that. They say, okay, great. This is not something that always happens. But again, you can't write off every pen, every staple, every piece of paper, every time you go out to eat. You just can't because then you don't have the income to support you being able to purchase this home. Got it. Okay. So with these two years worth of taxes, so let's say somebody is just getting this information today. So you would suggest don't even get into this game for another two years so that you could be able to clean up the stuff now? I'm not saying that. I'm saying very be very strategic in what you're getting ready to do for 2019's taxes. Even if that means having to go back to your 2018 taxes and amend them. Okay. What does that look like? So you're going to go back to your accountant you're a financial planner and say, I'm getting ready to purchase a house. I need my taxes to look a certain way. They, If they are qualified in what they do, if they truly know what they're doing, they'll be able to go back and say, okay, great. Now we're going to have to show that you made all of this money that you're saying that you made in 2017 that you didn't report. So it's just making sure that you have all of your documents together when you go back to the IRS and said, "Okay, I I forgot about this. 
I need to amend my taxes. They really don't care, but you need to make sure that your paperwork is supporting what you're trying to do. Got it. Yeah. And for you guys that's listening, that's why it's important to have a licensed professional doing your taxes because we can't build wealth effectively if our cousin Ray Ray and them is doing our taxes or if we're always doing our taxes on TurboTax and not really going to somebody who is a expert in this area who's licensed in this area because there's so many there's so much information even like bj was telling me about since trump has gotten to office just how the business taxes has changed i wouldn't have known this stuff if i not had i not been married to him if i wasn't married to him i probably would have an accountant outside of that but like there's so much that we don't know. And that's why I'm so glad to have you on here to kind of like debunk some of this stuff. So we're not out here struggling to buy a home. I feel like if God called us to entrepreneurship, we should be able to enjoy the luxuries of life and the things that we want, including home ownership. We shouldn't have to just be out here struggling. Like that's not what we're doing this for. So I'm glad that you brought that up. What are some other mistakes that entrepreneurs make when it comes to buying homes? Oh, let's see. Um, The other mistakes are going to be, again, I already hit on it a little bit, but just because you're approved for a credit card doesn't necessarily mean that you need it. Because again, we're going, when you're going into getting ready to purchase this home, your debt to income ratio as an entrepreneur, as being an, a self-employed individual needs to be under 15%. That's just you personally, because what's going to happen is when you're ready to go and add that home to your debt to income ratio, we're going to cap you at 43%. So that 43 is going to include your the new home that you're getting ready to purchase. That's going to include the property taxes, the HOA, the condo fees, the insurance It's going to incorporate all of that. So you have to make sure that just because you make a good amount doesn't mean that you can just have credit cards here and there. Doesn't mean that you should have a $1,000 car note. You cannot. And I'll repeat, you can not when you are getting ready to purchase a home. It's going to throw your debt to income ratio off so far. So just try to make sure that you are under that 15% just personally, because depending on what type of home you want is going to bump you up, but your max is going to be 43% to be approved. Got it. Okay. I hope y'all are listening. So when it comes to this preparation, I'm taking notes. So (laughs) my first thing was make sure that my paperwork, as far as taxes are concerned, Don't be out here just writing off everything. Make sure I got my six-month savings. Mm -hmm. I'm slow because I'm actually writing this down. (laughs) Make sure I got my six-month savings at least. And then make sure my credit score is at least um, the 680. And then I said that was the last thing. But then the last thing for real is under 15% debt-to-income ratio. But let's go back up to this this, uh, credit score because I think this is what happens or where a lot of people, especially our people, get caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've even had like parents putting bills in our names when we was kids. Credit ain't have a chance before right. we could even mess right. it up. <laughs> so, like, how can we just go to, uh, how, what do we need to do in order to get started on getting this 680 if we don't have it already? One is going to be something that I use personally and I even tell all of my customers Discover has the um, way for you to be able to pull your FICO score. And so you're not going to want to go off of what Credit Karma has to offer. They just, it's great just to go on there to see what's on your credit report, but it's not going to give you an accurate account for what your scores are going to look like. And let me just also say this one thing too. Just because maybe your Equifax may be at 700, your Experian may be at 650. So when you're looking at what's on your credit report, pay attention to uh, if you have uh, a whole bunch of different names on there that are incorrect. Pay attention to if you have a lot of addresses that are no longer your, your principal residence. 
Pay attention to if you have medical bills that are on your credit report, because the laws have indeed changed where they're not allowed to put medical bills on your credit report anymore. So you have to know how to go in and dispute certain items that are on your report. And even like I was sharing with Tatum before, even when you're looking at um, things that are showing as collection, you technically not in contract with them. So you don't have to pay those collections. But if you're not surrounded with individuals that can help to uh, maneuver around that, then you're going to end up paying for something that you don't necessarily have to pay for. That's good. That's That was one of the things that I really took note of. And so, oh, and you said before we recorded about hospital bills. Can you revisit that? Right. So with the hospital bills, you there no medical bills are no longer allowed to be reported on your credit report. So if you have old medical bills that are being reported, dispute them. And mm-hmm. the the collection agencies or not the agencies, but the credit reporting bureaus have 30 days to get them off. Those are things that should not just be sitting on your credit report. So when I'm pulling folks credit, you know, my system will tell me how many points they can potentially get. And by the time I've gone through and looked at all of the names that are on there that are wrong, if you've had inquiries that are on there that you need to get off, if you have medical bills, if you have charge offs, if you have things that are just sitting on your credit report, they're causing your score to become stagnant. And so folks, end up, they end up being frustrated sometimes because they're like, well, I'm paying everything off. I'm doing everything right. But my score is not going up. Well, because you have certain things that are on there that are holding your score pretty much hostage. But until you have gone in and disputed the items that are on there, then your score is not going to move. It's just not. And if it does move, it may be a couple of points here and there. But if I'm looking at the screen and it's showing me you have 70 points for improvement, it's going to take you to have to get to go in with a professional or if you want to try to get it done on your own, dispute the stuff that's on there. Don't just let it sit on your report. That's good. Why don't we have access to a system where we could see like the points, (laughs) the points that's holding us up. So it shows you like, it shows you the points that we can get if we make slight adjustments. Is that what it is? Absolutely. So say, for example, I'll have a customer that comes to me where they are on the borderline of being able to qualify for a home. It will tell me exactly down to the penny what they need to be able to take care of so that I can go in and what we call a rapid rescore. So we don't have to wait for the the credit bureaus to We don't have to wait for the credit bureaus to update. We just kind of go in and manually do it on our own. Wow, that's awesome. How can I get that? Uh, (laughs) I want this for myself. (laughs) That is only going to happen if you are connected to a good lender. And again, not every lender is going to have the same information. So we don't want anyone to walk away where you're a few points away from being able to qualify, but you need to do one thing or two things to get you two points. That can be a devastating blow. Like you are that close to being able to qualify, but you... There's no one to tell you to do just this one thing, one thing. Mm. So how do we find the right team then that has the right information? Because there's so much misinformation out here. So how we're able to, how are we able to determine who are the right people to have as a part of this wealth team? Check the fruit. I, I mean, honestly, check the fruit. If you have, you know, of course, you know, Pookie and Ray Ray, they're just doing it so that they can get a couple of dollars. But Mm -hmm. ask for references. 
ask, you know, it just like you're doing an interview. Do interview your realtor. Hey, how long have you been doing this? How yeah. many homes have you sold? Um, how many offers do you normally write before you get a contract accepted? Are you able to successfully run comps in my area? Do you work with a good broker? I mean, and same thing with your accountant. Hey, can you add? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird laughing, but it's like, can you for real? Can you, can you add? Like, how long have you been doing this? Do you have any customers that I can potentially call? Have you ever mm -hmm. had a customer that has been audited? If so, oh, you know, what happened? And that's another thing with entrepreneurs. When you're doing your own taxes, you, you have no one to fall back on. So if you get audited, then what? what mm -hmm. Who are you, who are you calling? Because you did your own taxes. Just stop it. At this point in the game, if you're saying that you want to be an entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur, get your stuff together. Mm -hmm. Just like, just really stop. This is no longer play. Play is over. Mm -hmm. Either you want to be a successful um, entrepreneur or you don't. But if you don't, just don't step foot in this arena. Just go on and find something else to do. <laughs> you are so real. It is so funny. I mean, but, but it's, it's the truth. Folks have been told lies for far too long or have been given information that is just like, oh, well, I want to make you feel good. No, I don't want to make you feel good. I want to put you in your house. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to tell you that it's okay for you to have all of your credit cards maxed out. I'm not going to tell you that it's okay that you're trying to get into this home. Yes, I'm going to get paid for the more house you buy. But if I know that you're going to be house poor, I'm going to really have a conversation with you. Like, what are you doing? You're going to mm -hmm. go in here and you're going to be eating cereal for the next <laughs> six months. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. But those you have to be able to get folks because you are going to get the realtor that just wants to make their three percent commission off of you. And you are going to get that um, again, that realtor who wants to reach out to the lender to say, well, what's the max that they can be qualified for? Don't call me because I've already had a conversation with my customer because I want to know what's the max amount of mortgage that you want to pay. I don't care mm -hmm. about how much I can get from you because I can push you to the limit. But at the end of the day, how can I go to sleep at night knowing that you can barely keep your lights on in your house? Right. So when That's I say good. check the fruit, check mm -hmm. the fruit. Yeah. And I think having those interviews is really good because... And, and in person too, because you yeah. can sit and look at a person face to face and see what's up with them yep. and see like if they are really about what they say they're about. Cause if I'm sitting there and I'm talking to you and you telling me all this stuff that you don't have to tell me just naturally, mm -hmm. and I'm not even necessarily asking you to, then I'm like, oh, okay, this person really cares. Absolutely. Or if I'm talking to a realtor and it seems like they just don't care, then I'm like, well, I don't trust you. It, how am I going to, if I can't trust you, how am I going to trust you to put me into a home? Something that you get your commission to walk away from, Absolutely. but my name is on this. But you the bank will come take years. this back. And you stuck for that? 30 years. Mm -hmm. You didn't sign mm -hmm. your whole life away. Your firstborn child, they didn't ask for your blood type and everything to get in this house, but you're going to find somebody who doesn't care. Mm -hmm. No, I need you to care about me going into this home. I need you to care enough for to tell me the truth. I need for mm -hmm. you to care enough that when we walk in this property, if you see mold, don't just tell me that it's mildew. No, that whole <laughs> wall is, has mold on it. So get folks that really only have your best interest at heart. And again, like you just said, Tatum, meet with them in person. Yes, mm -hmm. if you meet with me, I'm depending on if it's the summertime, I'm going to show up with a T-shirt on and flip-flops. But I'm <laughs> going to give you the truth. 
Mm-hmm. Look past all the suits. Look past everything that's that's glittering and gold. The followers. Yeah. Look past the followers. Man, get past. We have folks have been duped for far too long because they're only looking at what looks good. Mm-hmm. Get past it and ask them the tough questions and don't be afraid to say, you know, I don't think this is going to work. Because at the end of the day, you're signing your name on a 30 year document. Period. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And I think that goes into the mindset because we have to approach. I think in today's world, like we have a lot of people when it comes to home ownership, where it's like you paying all this money and rent, you need to buy a house, you need to buy a house. And it's like buying a house is not like I'm going to Nordstrom's and buying a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about to buy a house that's going to have me eating cereal for six months yeah. because I didn't take the time to prepare for it. Or I'm not going to be so headstrong on, I'm going to be a homeowner, I'm going to be a homeowner, I'm not going to be renting, yada, yada, yada. And end up and not do my due diligence to sit down with people and interview them and and see what their fruit is and call up the people who have worked with them to really see if they're about what they say they're about. Because just because you sold them a house don't mean they liked you. They probably were just going through it and being like, man, I ain't never working with this person Mm -hmm. if I buy me another house again. So I, I think this goes into the mindset for you guys that's listening to walk into this thing where it's like, look. Yeah, I'm going to buy a house because I want to build generational wealth because I want to maybe build passive income by renting out one of the rooms or renting out the basement. But I'm going to make sure that this is the best situation for me. I'm going to be wise in my decision making and not just out here doing something just to do it. Even in the Bible and Luke, it talks about counting the cost and everything that we're talking about here is about counting the cost. So if y'all don't get anything else from this conversation, I want you to understand the importance of counting the cost when it comes to homeownership. Absolutely. It was was something else um, that you mentioned about the the debt to income ratio, keeping it under 15%. I think this is an advantage that we have as entrepreneurs because the way that you reduce the debt to income ratio is, like you say, you either pay down debt and or you make more money. Absolutely. And as entrepreneurs, you could literally, as you're paying down debt, create another product or service to make more money. Mm. And then you're able to make this percentage go down even faster because and you're not relying now on just like a nine to five. Your income isn't fixed. Right. So now you could be like, oh, let me hurry up and, and get this book done that I've been procrastinating on because I know the money I make from this is going to reduce this debt to income ratio. So I'm in a better position to buy a home or let me go ahead and, and push out this program that I've been procrastinating on because this is going to help out with this goal of home ownership. So I, I thought it was important to point that out too. As entrepreneurs, we have that freedom mm-hmm. to be able to make as much money as we want. Absolutely. That was good, Tatum. That was real good. Because you always have different streams to be able to get into, but it's it's all about how bad do you want it? I mean, mm-hmm. for real. How bad do you want it? If you want the house, okay, you gotta pay this stuff off. How bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we're prepared, mm-hmm. now that we have gone and and got our mindset together, we got our wealth team, we're working on the credit score, the, the debt to income ratio, we got our savings working. Now let's talk about positioning. So now that we've meet, met these, these bare minimum requirements, how do we position ourselves to best get the home that we want? Um, well, two is w- one. It's going to be important, like I shared before, to be able to just pack your patience and know that this is not going to be um, something that's going to happen quickly. Um, We are getting ready to enter into a recession in 2020. So I'm glad, Tatum, that you are even equipping your folks now or the listeners now to think about what it is and to position themselves for next year. Um, mm-hmm. the next thing is we are checking to see if it's a buyer's or a seller's market. You know, can you just go out here and lowball them or are you going to have to be competitive with your offers? But again, that's going to make sure you want to make sure that you have the right real estate agent to prepare mm-hmm. you for that. Um, the next thing is going to be what's your time frame and moving, you know, after you've gone through all of these steps to prepare yourself, then you wanting to move in the next four months, 
does that make sense? Do you mm-hmm. still need to increase your income or decrease your debt? Are there still some things that you need to be able to do? And you have to have an honest conversation with yourself. You can no longer continue to tell yourself lies about where you are and expect for this process to go smoothly. Because when you're purchasing a home, we get into all of your business. So you can lie to yourself if you want, but I'm telling you, it's not going to work out the way that you think it's going to work out in the end. So get have those um, realistic expectations of what you want, the time frame that you want to be able to move, the area that you want to be able to move in. You know, how does this still fit with your your target market? You know, you have to think about all of those things, especially as entrepreneurs, when you're getting ready to move into a new home. All of that stuff plays a huge part um, so just really looking at those because it's it's definitely going to help and it's going to keep you settled as you're going through this process. Can you talk about some of the pros and cons for entrepreneurs um, to be a 1099 or a W-2 on their business versus using just like their tax returns for the home buying process? I would say that if your business is able to um, give you the ability to give yourself a salary, do so. And that's because it will it will cause the underwriter to not have to do as much work in going line by line with your taxes, going line by line with your bank statements, because as we begin to look at certain things, it opens up a whole nother box. So that's why it's easier for individuals who are W-2 or 1099, because it's clear. All we have to look at is what's on the paper. So mm-hmm. it's a good practice anyway for business owners. You should be paying yourself anyway. So if you're paying yourself either 1099 or W-2, it just gives us a clear snapshot of what you make. And we don't have to go searching for it. Because again, if you're 1099 or W-2, yes, the deductions will still play a role in it, but it's not going to be as significant if you are only going by your taxes and you're not a 1099 or a W-2. I think that's a a really good point. And I honestly think that's a better or another benefit of entrepreneurs. So I was thinking about even my situation. I'm on a salary, but my salary is like terrible. Um, It's like super basic, the bare minimum. And that's cool for me because, I mean, what else do it? Why do I need to give myself more money? Like, what am I really about to be out here doing? Mm -hmm. I have enough for what I want to do, of course, for my bills to be paid or whatever, and for me to meet my goals. But I don't need to be giving myself a salary of $10,000 a month. I would not be doing anything with it. So so for me, even um, talking about positioning, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking was when I'm ready to buy, then thinking about, okay, what kind of home do I want? I know I want to buy investment properties. Like, what does that look like? How much does it cost? Mm-hmm. And then working backwards to be like, okay, what does my salary that then now need to look like in order for me to be attractive for this type of loan? Right. And I also want to say, don't be afraid. So many folks have put this this negative connotation on um, the product for arms or meaning you get a uh, you're entering into a contract for five years at a only having to pay the interest or your interest rate is extremely low. And then at that six year, it increases depending on what you're looking to do. You may want to enter into an arm. You may want to do an interest only loan. If you only want to be there for a few years, why are you entering into a 30 year contract? Mm. But again, you have to know that this is going to be the first home of many. So when I have conversations with clients, my conversation is where do you see yourself in five years? Because if you see yourself moving in three to five years, why not do an interest only and you stack your paper and then you go and do something else? Because an FHA product 
will allow you to be able to purchase another home within a year and still be able to use FHA. So again, the conversations need to be had. You have to know what you want and where you're getting ready to go. Because if the end goal is investments, this first house should not be um, so grandiose and so expensive that you have no money to put into an investment property. That makes no sense to me. So here you are having to put down 3% or 3.5%, whatever um, product portfolio you use. But when you go into an investment, that's 20%. So if you are putting out all of this money each month in a mortgage that for a home that you only plan on being in for three years, why are you not doing interest only? Why do you not have a five-year arm? It, it's not making sense. So you mm-hmm. really have to know what you want to be able to do because I'm not going to put you in a 30-year loan if your intention is to flip this house. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's why it's so important for us as people who want to enter into this, whether it's investments, whether it's a home just that you want to have and it be a family home and you pass it down from generations to generations, but just understanding the industry enough to where whoever you're talking to, you're going into it from an educated place. So you know that there are options such as an interest-only loan. There are options such as an arm and things like that. I think ignorance is what messes a lot of us up. Absolutely. We don't have the basic understanding of what's going on. And then it gives other people the opportunity to just tell us anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think a part of the preparation as well for y'all that are listening is to educate yourself on it. So Kiana, like what are some resources or some places that people could go to get educated on this type of stuff? Um, I would say go to Bishop Google. Uh, He's (laughs) probably going to be the best person Just type in what is an arm. Mm -hmm. Type in what is interest only and don't let it scare you. Because again, like Tatum, just like you just said, you hear folks to say, oh, no, don't do interest only. Oh, no, don't do a five year. But you don't even own a home. So (laughs) why are you giving me information on how I should be able to purchase? But you've been in this apartment for 43 years. You have to be very mindful of who you get your information from. Like I Mm -hmm. said, just type in what it is that you want. But now let me also say that when you are doing an interest only or when you're doing an arm, you have to have the end goal in mind in the beginning, because what you don't want to do is enter into either one of those and you're still out here spending willy nilly. Because Mm -hmm. then when it's time for you to go and go to the next level, you didn't spend all the money. But the whole (laughs) point is for you to get an interest only so that you can put money aside. Not for you to say, oh, I have extra money in my account. No, because now you're going to be banging your head up against the wall when your payment has now skyrocketed from $800 a month to $2,300 a month and you got $2 in the bank. Mm. So just know that if you're entering into an interest only, if you're entering into an arm, you are going to have to be very strategic in what you're doing. And again, your wealth team is going to help you because they're already going to know, okay, great. You have three more years before this arm is getting ready to go up. You got three more years before this interest only. What is your, what's your money looking like? What are you doing? How are you preparing for this? Are you ready to, you know, relocate? What are you doing? Those folks around you need to be able to, and you have to be able to hold yourself accountable too. You can't just allow everyone else to be able to hold you accountable. You have to be able to say, you know what? I can't just go and spend everything that I have because I have it. Oh, I see this extra money in here. I'm going to go to Dubai for a month. No, stay your tail here. (laughs) 
just just think about the end goal always has to be in the forefront of your mind. Don't just spend it because you have it. You're building. These are wealth strategies. This mm-hmm. is not just I'm going to get rich. Rich and wealthy are totally different. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand the two, then you need to get that piece together before you jump into the real estate game. Those who are um you know, when you look at the one percenters, their main portfolio is real estate. So you really have to understand the game and understand, you know, how to play the game. Don't just get in it and you don't understand it. Sorry to interrupt you guys. Let's pay this bill and then we'll get back to finish off the show. This episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online retailer shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer and print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, absolutely anywhere that you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it off in a mailbox. It's that simple. As somebody who sells products, I truly appreciate Stamps.com because that back and forth to the post office can become a little bit hectic, but Stamps.com allows you to get those orders out in a simple and more affordable way. It eliminates trips to the post office and it saves you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Right now, my listeners have a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLESSED. That's stamps.com. Enter BLESSED to start a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, that's good. Another thing I was thinking about too when it comes to investing is just being in a better position to mitigate the risk because a lot of people we talk about I'm going to buy a home, I'm going to rent out um some rooms and then bet that person pays my mortgage and then I'm basically chilling. But then it's like what happens if you can't find a tenant mm-hmm. or you get a tenant straight from the pit of hell yep. and they're just tearing your whole house up. So now like all your little money you making going straight to repairs because they're just crazy. You know, so I think that's something for anybody who's interested in investing is to pay attention to that as well. Like the landlord life, that's a whole different, that's a whole different thing. And that stuff I'm looking at like now, I ain't trying to do this for like at least four years. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at this stuff now because I just, I want to build wealth, but not to the point where it's like everything is sucking me dry or to the point where I'm losing my mind. And when I could have avoided a lot of those things by simply preparing and taking my time and and truly counting the cost. Right. And be able, you said something about the landlord, like you don't even, if you are really um, moving into that and want to be able to do that, you get a rental property management company, but you Mm -hmm. think about now, okay, well, how much does that cost? And start building that into what you're looking to do. So you don't have to worry about, oh, okay, is this person tearing my property up? That's why I hired this management company so that they can worry about it. You, When you're building wealth, you don't have time to worry about that stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have time mm-hmm. to be thinking about your property. Mm-mm. No, at that point, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do the stuff I want to do. I don't want to have to worry about, are you outside lighting my grass on fire? Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> no. And then that just turns into another job you hate because now you're yep. still exchanging time for money to try to manage this thing that was supposed to be a wealth builder strategy. Pretty much. Mm-mm. Not going backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is good. Okay. So now that we're positioned, we're prepared. Now, what's the pre approval process like? To- oh, shoot. <laughs> I dropped my name. What's the pre approval process like to get us? into the home to get the keys, the keys, the keys, the keys, the keys, the keys are going to come easy because you've done all the work ahead of time. 
Um, mm-hmm. Going through the checklist, you know, the main things that you need to be able to pull are going to be what your social security card, driver's license, um, bank statements. Uh, let's see your W-2s, 10- 1099s if you have them, your taxes. That's it. That's all you need. That's all we ask for on the checklist. But because you are already prepared, mm-hmm. that's it. Now, the hardest thing is going to be you going out to find the perfect property for you. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're going to go through, um, you know, go through all of your paperwork. But if you're prepared, it's easy. You already have separated your business account from your personal bank account. You already have your taxes together. You already know that if you owe taxes that you need to be paying on those taxes monthly. You already know that you need to be filing your taxes. You already know everything beforehand. Yes, there may be something that will come up, um, you know, that the underwriter may ask for, but it should be very small. Very small because you are already at this point with all of the information we just talked about. If you have done all of that, you're ready. Your credit Mm -hmm. is on point. You got your savings. You have everything. Now, all you have to do is find the property, write the contract, Mm -hmm. get it ratified. That's it. Mm -hmm. All of the hard work has been done. When you go to purchase a home, it should not be super stressful. It shouldn't, especially if you are doing everything that we just talked about. You have nothing to worry about because you're prepared. The folks who have stressful situations are not prepared. That's good. I mean, this conversation has been awesome. I got so many notes. I got my little three-year plan so that I know when it's time for me to go out and purchase the home in my name. Cause of course we're going to still get like our home, but like you, like you guys have it set up where your husband owns this one. So then now when it's time for you to go and buy the second property for you guys, you could just use your income and get the benefits and things of first time home ownership. That's absolutely. Can you explain to people how that works? Cause I don't want to assume that people, that people know. So what happens, especially in marriages, life happens, right? Things happen. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, um, you know, uh, someone has to file for bankruptcy, but the house is in both of you all's name. Now, both of your incomes tied up, both of your credit is tied up and you're getting ready to lose the home that you're in. You never want to put yourself in a position where both individuals credit is impacted because of a life situation. So like you were saying, with this current home that we're in, I'm not on the um, I'm not on the loan. I'm not on the deed. That frees me up. It's not on my credit. When folks say joint it's not like if the home is worth 400,000, 200 will be on his and 200 will be on mine. No, 400 on his, 400 on mine. That eats into your debt to income ratio. So mm-hmm. you have to go out and purchase a car and you're still putting, you know, both names on and even with the cars. Our we we switch it up. Not everybody's credit is going to be impacted. Period. You have to be smart. You got to play the game. So you should never. Yes, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have um, joint items on your credit report, but a home. Really? Why? Why do you need to have your name on it? There's, there's but really no. Fiona, I'm an independent woman. I can't be out here relying on no man to be uh, taking care of me. Yeah. All right. You know? so when this joker go out here and and decide that y'all no longer gonna be married anymore let's just say that (laughs) y'all no longer married anymore but you got this house in both of your names Mm -hmm. that's a sticky situation 
where now both of you, if you all cannot come to some sort of compromise and he say he ain't paying the mortgage, you say you ain't paying it. And now both of you all's credit is taking a hit. Both of y'all looking stupid. (laughs) So somebody got to pay it. Somebody got to do something. So now you have this on your credit because you want to be out here with with your hot girl summer independent life. You want you want all of that. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Go buy whatever. I mean, it's it just makes again, you have to really be able to play the game. If one person needs to file bankruptcy, and again, this is one of those things where folks say, Oh no, you shouldn't file bankruptcy. You shouldn't do this. See in our community, that's that thing that folks don't want to talk about. If you mm-hmm. got to do it, then do it. Don't sit around and you're you're eating oodles of noodles because you're trying to hold on to something that you can very well let go of and start over. Mm-hmm. Stop being so um, stuck on what everybody else is going to say, stuck on what everybody else is going to think, and you miserable. File mm-hmm. and keep it moving. So no, don't allow everybody's credit to suffer. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't. With cars, why, why, why do both of y'all's name need to be on it? For what? Both of y'all gonna drive it. Mm-hmm. So why does your name need to be on there? Pick one. Whose credit is higher at the at the moment? Who can get the cheapest interest rate? Be smart. Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. smart moves. It's not about, oh, because we married, oh, every our name should be on everything. Nah, boo, if you can do it, do you. I ain't mad. The keys are still in the house. It's still in the driveway. I can drive whichever one I want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the insurance is in both of your names, but you worrying about if the if the car note is going to be in both of y'all's names or not. That sounds real stupid. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> No, but I I think that's smart because even um, even talking about marriage, especially in Christianity, it's like is you become one and we understand that. But we got to I think we have to really compartmentalize certain things. So, yeah, you're one. Yeah. Like what's mine is yours. Um, and what's yours is my whatever was our is ours. Yeah, I don't even know the first. Let's, look, it, let's all, say that. <laughs> right, right. So all of it, all of it is ours. Yes, but then let's talk about but the the conversation about building wealth and things like that. That's a different conversation. Yes, right. So yes, this is a pot. This is our income. However, on paper, what's going to make the most sense mm-hmm. for us to pay for us to pay the least every single month? For us to be able to leave to have something that is um, appreciating but not making us poor, to have something we could leave to our kids, like it's, I think it's important for us as people to, like you said, play the game, especially as married couples, like play the game. Yes, we're one. However, mm-hmm. in this part, as far as the lending uh, bank is concerned, this is your house. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what I'm yeah. yeah. But it's, I, I, it's just I thought that was sense. a good point. You just got to be thought, real smart. Mm-hmm. So this was good, Kian. I mean, is there anything we didn't cover? I wanted to make sure we got everything because this is just such a topic that is not discussed enough in our community as well as like not even just the black community, but the Christian community. It's always, I'm going to pray, 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 pray. And prayer is powerful. We're not saying that it's not, but you also got to position yourself. We also got to count the cost. That's biblical. We also got to do work with the, with the faith. That's biblical too. Like Mm -hmm. this stuff is not talked about enough. Absolutely. And I mean, there's nothing else more, you know, that, that I can really add. I do, you know, just want to say that you're now equipped with all of the information that you need. What you choose to do with it at this point is up to you, but you can't blame anyone except for you if you don't do the work. So it's out here. The uh, The industry is right. Again, we're getting ready to hit a recession next year. Prepare yourself now. Start thinking about what it is that you want to be able to do. It's going to be a perfect time to purchase next year. Interest rates will be low. 
Again, get your credit together. Get your credit together. I'll say it again. Get your credit together. Save, 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 and just get ready to get the keys to that house because you have all of the information that you need in order to get it done. Yes. And then we have a checklist that's going to be in the show notes to where you'll be able to go through everything that you need as an entrepreneur to purchase your first home. Kiana's information is going to be there. So don't ask me no questions, y'all. I don't know. This is a conversation I wanted to have for myself. I just decided to record it because I knew that you guys needed to hear it too. Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't own a house. Okay. So um, (laughs) make sure you reach out to Kiana with any questions that you have. She's just uh, like I said, it has so much knowledge and is so willing to help. Yes, ma'am. I'm here. I'm available. Yes. Okay, you guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you next week.